0: Welcome to the Unlocking Athletic Potential podcast with Ian and Johnny. Discussing our passions of sport, OCR, running and fitness to help you perfect your craft. What's up everybody? Welcome to Unlocking Athletic Potential. I'm Ian Deeth. And for the next few weeks of our podcast, we will be changing tact from our usual conversations to focus on the big sporting event the world has been waiting for. No, I'm not talking about this weekend's UK Spartan Race, which... I will definitely have one eye on. I am, of course, talking about the Summer Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, which, after a year's wait, is about to begin here in 2021. Now, these episodes will be shorter than our usual offerings, but will still offer the high quality insight we aim to bring. And who better to have as a guest on our first show to kick off this special series than one of the world's leading sports presenters who has previously covered the Summer London 2012 Games and also the 2018 winter games working for world-class companies such as the BBC we have Radzi Chinyanganya with us this time around Radzi is working out live in Tokyo for Discovery Channel UK and Eurosport now for those of you not familiar with Radzi his knowledge and passion for sport is unparalleled and when it comes to athletics as you will find out Radzi is a true scholar if you're not following Radzi on social media You are seriously missing out as he brings insightful and exclusive Insta stories across all the venues um, that should not be missed. I really hope you enjoy this conversation and, of course, enjoy the Olympic Games. Let's bring it on. Radzi, very good to see you, my friend. How's it going out in Tokyo, dude?
1: Mate, it's going phenomenally well. It's such an unusual environment. I've never been to a Summer Olympics before that I've worked on throughout the duration. There are a lot of masks, a lot of social distancing, but there's an undeniable palpable expectation, excitement, foray into the unknown, all of the above, can't wait.
0: Oh man, I've been looking at your Insta stories and you've been checking out pretty much most of the venues, particularly some of the the newer sports to the Olympics this year, such as the skateboarding, the climbing. What are you most looking forward to, dude? Yeah, so we've been to all the new
1: Olympic sports, making their debut here, so you mentioned climbing. Climbing is an interesting one because you have got three walls, only one you can see. Because speed climbing, the wall doesn't change. No matter where you are in the world, it's the identical wall. 95 degree incline, I think about 15 meters high. Unbelievable spectacle. The, uh, the bouldering and league climbing, the athletes themselves only find out what it looks like five minutes before they actually climb it. That's part of the process. They so have to map their route, work that out. And it's going to be a really special one. I think when the climbing community, they're excited, but it's amalgamating three individual climbing skills, lead, bouldering and speed into one. So it's almost about who's got the least bad climbing. But the one I'm probably most looking forward to, much like yourself, athletics has to be. And for me, it's the 100 metres. And this year it's the women's 100 metres for me. That's the thing I'm most excited
0: about. Okay, so we're obviously massive Athletics fans. We talk about track and field Athletics pretty much all the time. We've had, had a few debates over who we think is going to win the 200. You've mentioned the 100 there. Come on, mate, give me, yes. give, me, give me your top predictions on that one. Who do you think is going to be coming through?
1: So I think Gold, Shelley Ann Fraser-Price. Okay. Um, or the Elaine Thompson, difficult to write her off as well. I'm going to go Shelley Ann Fraser-Price for the two. Um, and then if she does double up, I'm going to go Shona Willowibo for the two. and for the four as well and that's for the women's and that's that's just i mean it's going to be so exciting because it's so open mate if it there are there are a handful of women who if they won you might raise your eyebrow but you'd never say no and that's amazing that why that's why for me when that gun goes anything is possible and that finally is going to be special
0: yeah i think we're going to see possibly some world records maybe in in the four hurdles both for men and women um, yeah, agree. possibly in 110 hurdles as well it looks like the yeah i think I think there's going to be certainly where the records are going to fall but i think we're going to see maybe the second fastest times behind flojo in the women's maybe one and two i don't think that record's going to get broken you know interestingly
1: you mentioned the world records in the four what's interesting for me most of all is we've actually got um normally you'd have somebody's going to put on a spectacle it's going to be a masterclass. the question is how close will they get we think of David Radisha in the 800 meters for example in 2012 perhaps Wade Van Niekerk in the 400 in Rio but what we've got is pairs of people who can in who can actually contest for the record in their own right but are going to be pushing each other on and so we don't just have the jeopardy over will the record fall so if we take the women's uh, 400 hurdles it's Sid the Kid, aka Sydney McLaughlin, and Delilah M'Hallant. Now, both of those women have been the world record holders, respectively. In addition to that, you then go, well, which one's going to take it? Who's going to buckle under pressure? Who's going to outperform the other one? How are they going to strategically run this? Sid ran her world record when Dalila went out hard, so Sid had something to chase. The same yeah. is true with the men right carston how are they going to run that one it's going to be fascinating seeing them yeah. both come off the final hurdle how much will they have left who will be out in front mate it's absolutely phenomenal i cannot think of a time especially within the one lap since michael johnson that i've been so excited about
0: yeah i think as well with the hurdles obviously 10 obstacles on the way to uh, to that finish line just makes it that little bit more exciting and when you're trying to hurdle with all that lactate in your leg in the final 100 metres, it's definitely yeah. going to add uh, a little bit of a new dynamic to it than your usual kind of 400 metres. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome for sure, dude. One of the big things I encourage
1: people to do, by the way, is when they watch the four hurdles, don't necessarily just look at the person in the lead. Look specifically at their feet, the pattern, because they will invariably have a number of steps and strides they take before the hurdle. Look to see if they're stuttering before the hurdle. So when you see Ryan Carsten, the big question is, are they approaching the hurdle in a position that they can attack it? If they're having to chop their stride, that, as you mentioned, is when we're going to see lactic. That's when we're going to see effort. And that's when potentially we're going to be see somebody blow up. And then that final hurdle, look out for who's got the lean, who's got the momentum. And so there's actually a technical element to it. And then just a visceral element of watching two men, two women run their hearts out and potentially one run a world record.
0: Yeah. I guess the kind of final question Brad, I was going to ask you is obviously we've heard a number of athletes, officials, delegates, trainers yeah. have tested positive for COVID and it looks like obviously the games will proceed as planned, but that could be an added dynamic where an athlete may be taking out of the picture, not because of their performance necessarily, but because simply they won't be allowed to compete. Are you kind of sensing a fear amongst athletes and extra precaution in terms of, how everybody are not just preparing in terms of their training, but how they're conducting themselves as they're walking around the Olympic village.
1: Well, I come to you right before the opening ceremony and even within 24 hours before we we're hearing conflicting views about whether it will be a pair per country represented in the ceremony in the procession and anything up to 30 athletes is another room that we're hearing. There's a lot of unknown for me. The biggest unknown is not necessarily positive tests but who might get pinned? So Amber Hill, a GB shooter, uh, a world champion in her own right, somebody that GB would have hoped potentially could get a medal. I think that's in that's in basic, I think she's a skeet shooter off the top of my head. She's unfortunately been pinned, uh, maybe 72 hours from her making her Olympic debut, and she won't be competing and you think that is absolutely wow. devastating when she actually is not positive she's just been pinged and so that adds another dimension to this that what happens we remember in uh 2011 when Usain Bolt false start was
0: 2013 or 2011 when he false started 2013 world championships i believe because i think it just won his olympic gold in london right right okay
1: so That was one of the biggest stories, in my opinion, in world sport, but certainly in athletics. What happens if one of the big names of the Olympics? what happens if Simone Biles is in contact with somebody? You know, what happens then? You're talking someone like an Andy Murray, perhaps, or perhaps a big, big name. What happens then? And could that potentially bring down a whole team? If Damien Lillard from Team USA uh, potentially gets pinged or test positive, does that mean his entire team can't compete in basketball? Does that mean the actual country themselves have to not? You know, there's so much that is unknown here. And that, for me, exactly like you say, we could see somebody qualify for a final and then not be able to contest the final. And then the next question is, well, who does? does it mean it's an empty lane? Is there a certain time period by which you say, well, actually we can now bring somebody else in? I don't know this. And I think that the funny thing is, I don't think they really know it yet because it's all someone known.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right? Five years of training and then just coming into contact with the the wrong person at the wrong time and your Olympic dream is over. Radzi, I made a mistake, mate. It's 2011. 2011. Good. Okay, fine. year before London.
1: yeah, Johan. It was. I mean, it's a great run from Johan, regardless. And that was the same year that he went on to run nineteen twenty-eight. I think it wasn't a two. It's the in second
0: fastest two hundred at that particular moment in time, wasn't it? I believe nineteen thirty. I think it still is. Yep. I'll. Uh, I'll add some extra fact checking in uh before we get this out. As well, <laughs> mate. But look, I know you've had a long day already. I know you've got to prepare for, for tomorrow. Appreciate you jumping on for this call, dude. And always a pleasure to hear from you. And I, I know you're going to bring your, your passion and energy with that little bit of added sense of humor to, uh, exactly discovery, plus. So discovery, Disco- plus, Disco- eh? discovery plus, discovery plus, discovery plus. Awesome. Dude. You take care of my man. See, see, see. Cheers, mate. And that my friends is unlocking athletic potential. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and taking something away with you to help you perfect your craft.